Hello, thank you again for joining us. My name is Mary Tarsha, and I'm again here with Dr. Darsha Narvaez. Thank you, Darsha, for being here. You're welcome. And today on our show, we're going to talk about wisdom. This is the first show on wisdom that we're going to do. And specifically here, we're going to talk about the wisdom tradition from the Western perspective. Right, Darsha? Right. Okay. So first of all, what is wisdom? I think we hear this um, used a lot in vernacular and everyday speech, but in terms of what we're talking about here, what exactly, how would you define wisdom? Well, to put it briefly and uh, very in a kind of slang, is it's life smarts. Mm. So it's the ability to um, coordinate uh, all that you know and who you are in the direction of living a good life. So living an excellent life, uh, in a way that's practically wise. Uh, it's correlated with various personality characteristics, but generally it has to do with living in conformity with the truth and beauty of the universe or of God. Mm. So it's kind of a divine um, orientation. So it, it, it uh, starts to move into more of a theological, if you want to say if a spiritual direction, then the science usually uh, focuses but I think it's important to realize that that's kind of part of our human experience as well, is this spiritual side, our sense of being connected to a wider uh, community uh, and the universe itself, the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so speaking about wisdom um, in this mindset, you were saying it's also related to different um, personality traits or characteristics. Yes, to openness and creativity, the mm. things that develop when you have a good early beginning. So we connect this back to the evolved nest, and when you provide, uh, we've, which we talk about in other shows. But when you have a life uh, experience of feeling like you belong, like you're nurtured by those around you, that you can follow your intuitions and your own uniqueness, your unique spirit, if we want to call it that, then you can reach wisdom. Now, sometimes we have to heal ourselves because we didn't get what we needed, and we need to find ways to get back in tune with the universe and the truth and beauty of it that's, uh, that we have one little tiny piece of. Mm. All right, so your, the research in your lab shows that uh, the type of environment that you come from actually, uh, would you say, gives you a more openness towards spirituality of different kinds? Or um, in, in that way, would you frame it in that context? Yep. Yeah, yeah that would be fine. <laughs> so if we think about uh, how to live well, Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to have good know-how, which means our implicit systems, our subconscious systems, need to be coordinated with our uh, conscious systems. And those have to be coordinated with the way our body works, mm-hmm. right? Our neurobiology, which we talk about a lot in terms of the evolved nest components. So the subcomponents of morality, usually people think of morality as, uh, you know, how you make a good decision and, and follow through with it. But the sub subcomponents of morality are about all those neurobiological pieces. Are you coordinated? Are you centered? Are, your, are you calm? Are you able to be present in the moment? And those kinds of things are contributors to wisdom. So if we think about the Western wisdom tradition, uh, which is called wisdom tradition, uh, these are coming out of mostly Christianity, but also Judaism and Islam. And these kinds of things are contrast a bit with Buddhism and Taoism, the Eastern traditions. But there's a lot of things that are similar. 
So one of the, the critical factors is that the Abrahamic wisdom traditions, that means Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, they identify three centers in the human person, the intellect, the moving center, and the emotional center. Now, the intellect is our logical, conscious understanding of things, our executive capacities, our planning, our problem-solving mm -hmm. consciously. And these, uh, the wisdom traditions say, when you spend a lot of time in the intellect thinking too much, you're going to actually forget who you are. Oh, isn't that interesting? Um. So instead, uh, they point to the fact that it's very helpful to have an intellect and, and think once in a while, but you actually aren't, you're confusing being with thinking. Thinking is that endless chatter of the mind, but being is much more than that. It covers a more of a trans-rational understanding, things that aren't in your thinking mind. So the second center that they identify, first is the intellect. The second one is the moving center. It represents body actions in, in two forms, really. Invol the involuntary autonomic system, which they assume you had no control over, but now I'm saying with the evolved nest, that's how the uh, generation before you affect those auto autonomic instinctive responses. If you're not provided with a nest, they're going to be kind of out of whack. If you're provided with the evolved nest, then they will be well-developed. And um, many of these then physiological responses are shaped by caregivers. But then there's a second part of um, the voluntary self-disciplinary practices that train up our bi biological or body systems. So deciding to fast, that changes your um, per perception of the world, right? Or uh, training yourself in various ways to do certain things. Those are things that are expected in these wisdom traditions that you would do to shape yourself into a good person. Mm -hmm. And there's some detachment in there, right? When you're fasting or uh, following some form of a schedule of prayer, right? So it is regulating those things too. Right. Yep. So one of the goals is to learn ego detachment, to move away from your little self to uh, ad adopt a large self, the common self. But the third center is the emotional center. So that's the primary focus of self-development in these systems. So this does include a nervous system, but also your emotions and the heart. And the heart is not your heart, heart, but it's the window or antenna that connects to the unmanifest. So they use that term as your connecting system to the divine. It's the part of you that can perceive the beauty and purpose of cosmic divinity, the life force. Hmm. So that perception or that connection is really seen as through the emotional center, not through the other two, or is it together with all three? Oh, well, the they, uh, argument in the tradition is that the emotional center is the key here mm. because its, it's emotional um, antenna have to be tuned in in the right way to perceive and receive divine energy. So you have to synchronize yourself to the divine energy to find out who you are in a way uh, and diminish those self-egoistic passions that drive you from that perception. So when you are awake, when your heart is awake and clear, it can receive, radiate, and reflect a reality that the intellect cannot see. Hmm. 
and which typically thinks, oh, that's all just speculation, right? So you have to be careful not to let intellect take over your life, or you will never find that true center. Yeah, this is really interesting. And I think so important and really challenging for us, I think, in our current culture where there is a safety and kind of escaping into your intellect and in, in residing there. But rather, we see uh, these three traditions are uh, encouraging us to be more integrated, right, um, with our intellect, but then also to to move and to um, reside um, integrating that emotional center as part of us. Right. If you're going to be a true human being, in a way, you have to clarify your heart. You have to remove all the clouds from it. You see through a, a glass darkly right now, but part of, as St. Paul said, uh, but part of our responsibility then, if we want to be a good person, is to clarify and clean up that glass and that receptivity to divine energies. And so what you do is you purify the heart. That's what you're trying to do. A pure heart is able to see the imaginal world, the source of joy in life that dances through the universe. And you have to, in essence, as Cynthia Bourgeau says, you have to wean it from the junk food of the passions and provide nourishment through divine qualities and images. So... Uh, to reflect on beauty rather than evil or ugliness, for example. Mm -hmm. It is true. We are bombarded by a lot of ugly images, right, in our day-to-day -day life and a lot of um, ugly emotions, I would even say, of trying to grab our attention. The market for grabbing our attention is just becoming so intense um, everywhere through ads on our phone and, and this kind of thing. And so we really have to purify ourselves from those things in order to uh, focus on beauty right, and surround right. ourselves by that. I think people often think that theology is about talking about God, believing in God, or, or some for, uh, person outside of you. But actually, the original meaning of the world is about participating in, in creative intelligence, in the logos, in, uh, as it shapes the world. And so we become co-creators of the world once we have cleaned up our, our hearts, purified our hearts, so that we can see clearly then we become co-creators. We are then able to be present in exactly the right way, which is all about virtue. That's who we want to become. That's how our heritage as human beings is to be these uh, almost clairvoyant, uh, virtuous people that, that are who are connected to the wider universe, who guard and, and uh, take on the stewardship responsibilities for each other, but also the rest of the world, mm. nature. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And how does this connect to primal wisdom? So you speak about that in your book, too. So I think we'll have to wait for another show. Okay. All right. So much there yeah, to talk about. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Narvaez, for um, giving us an introduction on, on wisdom, and we look forward to future shows. Thanks a lot.